The message you're about to listen to is produced by CRIC Media. We are looking at spirit-driven success. Spirit-driven success. Hallelujah. And we've been able to establish in the first two services that God wants you to succeed. There are many people who do not know that God wants them to succeed. And I shared with them a testament of a man of God who was struggling to answer his call. And the Lord spoke to him and said, I am more concerned about your success than you are. Do you know that God is more concerned about your success than you are? Are you aware of that? Because for most of the people in this world, we think that God just left us to ourselves. He doesn't care. We serve a caring God. In 1 John 4 verse 8, the Bible says God is love. You see that? God is love. Which means God cares about you. Child of God, you need to know that the God you and I serve, it cares about you. Let's begin with 3 John 2. It says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper, be in health, even as your soul prospers. You see, there are several dimensions of prosperity. There is spiritual prosperity. There is mental prosperity emotional prosperity, fiscal prosperity, which is in your, health, in your health. There is financial prosperity, which is finances. There is social prosperity, which is favor with people. There is vocational prosperity, which is progress in your job. You see that? So prosperity is more than having money. It's more than having money. It says, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper. The word here is Ehudo. E-U-D-O-O, Ehudo. Ehudo means to succeed in business affairs. It means to have help on the road or a prosperous journey. So God wants you to succeed. I want you to take note of that. God wants you to succeed. In Psalm 35, verse 27. Psalm 35, verse 27. The Bible says, let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yes, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which has pleasure in the prosperity of the servant. God is happy when you succeed. All right. What is success? We define success as the obtaining of a goal. When you achieve a goal, that is success. For instance, in Genesis 24, verse 12, when you read it from the New King James, Genesis 24, verse 12, the New King James, it says, Then he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. In other words, when you succeed, it means that God has favored you. Your success gives God a good picture in the eyes of the world. I'm going to say it again. Your success gives God a good picture in the eyes of the world. Number two, we say success is a progressive realization 
of goals and targets that are in line with your God-given destiny. We got that definition from Philippians 3, from verse 12 to 14 in the Old King James. It says, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after. Now, this word follow after refers to when you are chasing a hare, when you're chasing a hare. Africans, when you're chasing a rabbit. See, there is an urgency. There is some passion to it. And there's focus. But I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I'm apprehended of Christ Jesus. The word apprehend is from the word catalambano, which means to get a hold of. All right? Verse 13. It says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, notice that, and reaching forth unto those things which are before. In other words, you forget what is behind you, you've achieved them, you move to what is before you, what is ahead of you, then you press on toward the prize for the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That's verse 14. So you've got to understand that in your life, God wants you to know that success is a journey. Success is a journey. In Proverbs 4 verse 18, the Bible says the path of the just is as the shining light that shines more and more onto the perfect day. You see that? It shines more and more. So you need to understand that success is a journey. You must know that success is a journey. Right? Where you are is not all there is. Where you are right now is a platform to another level. Success is a journey. All right? When you look at John 5, verse 19 to 20, there's something Jesus said. Jesus said, he says, Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Very, very, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do. For what things ever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. Next. For the Father loveth the Son and showed him all things that himself doeth, and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. Now notice, it says the Father showed the Son all the things he does, and will show him greater works. So in the life of Jesus, we see a progress in the miraculous. The first person Jesus raised from the dead was dead for a few moments. The second person Jesus raised from the dead was dead for about a day. The widow of Nain's son in Luke chapter 7. The third person Jesus raised from the dead was one that was dead for four days. Lazarus in John 11. So when you look at Mark 5, the, the Jairus daughter was dead for a few moments. In Luke 7, from verse 11 to 17, the widow of Nain's son was dead for a whole day. Then Lazarus, four days. See, there's a, there's a, there's a progression there. See, God wants you to move from one level to another. And that level, from one level of success to another. In Genesis 26, verse 12. Genesis 26, verse 12. So then Isaac stood in that land and received the same year and fold, and the Lord blessed him. Verse 13. It says, And the man waxed great, watch this, and went forward and grew until he became very great. So you can see there are levels of greatness. See? So success is the progressive realization of goals and targets that are in line with your God-given destiny. We can also say success is the day-to-day accomplishment of goals and targets that are in line with your God-given destiny. So you need to learn how to maximize your day. Okay. I want us to define driven. Driven. What does it mean to be driven? We said to be driven is to be very determined to succeed. Very determined to succeed. 
Next, when you look at driven, the second definition of driven is having a compulsive or urgent quality. Having a compulsive or urgent quality. Thirdly, driven means propelled or motivated by something. Now, let's look at certain things the Holy Spirit will do for you. We said, number one, it gives you vision. See, anyone that is filled with the Holy Spirit will have a sense of purpose and destiny. Anyone who is filled with the Holy Spirit should have a sense of purpose and destiny. A sense of purpose. And destiny. That's one of the things the Holy Spirit comes to do in your life. It gives you a sense of purpose and destiny. In Ephesians 1 verse 17, it says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ and the Father of glory, he says, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Now the Holy Spirit is the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him. Look at verse 18. That's one of his ministries. The eyes of the Son have been enlightened. That's illumination, mental illumination. Is that you may know what is the hope of his calling. Now, the hope of your calling is your purpose for living. It's your hope of his calling. So you can see that where the Holy Ghost is working... There's a certain purpose and destiny. So that he may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, knowledge of him, the eyes of the Son have been enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. You see that? And what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? Your provision for your calling. You see that? In Colossians 1 9, the Bible speaks says, For this cause we also today we heard it. You know, says, I pray for you and desire that I may feel the knowledge of his will. In all wisdom and understanding, say that, that you may walk worthy of all unto a place and being fruitful in every good work and increasing in knowledge of God. So when you find your purpose for your life, your life has meaning. Purpose gives meaning to your life. When you discover God's purpose for your life, your life has a sense of meaning. You see that? You have a reason for being. Hallelujah. All right. In John 16, verse 13, the Bible says, However, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you. He will not speak of himself. It says he will guide you into all truth. He shall not speak of himself, but whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak. He will show you things to come. In the New Living Translation, it says, It will tell you about the future. It will tell you about the future. See, the Holy Ghost is in your life to show you your future. In Acts 2, verse 17, it says, And I will pour my Spirit upon all flesh. It says, uh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall see shall dream dreams. Notice your young men shall see visions. What is a vision? A vision is a revelation of God's plan and purpose for your life. A vision is a revelation of God's plan and purpose for your life. All right? A vision is also a revelation of God's redemptive plan and your role in it. So your young man shall see vision. See? You have seen visions. Talking about their future. In Acts 16, from verse 6 to 10. Acts 16, 6 to 10. 
It says, now when they are gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia, and were forbidding of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia, next, it says, and, and they will come, after they will come to Mesa, they are said to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. Verse 8. And they passing by Mesa came down to trials. Look at this, verse 9. It says, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. Who gives visions? The Holy Spirit. And there stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. Verse 10 says, And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go to Macedonia, as surely gathering that the Lord has called us for to preach the gospel to them. Did you see that? So we need to understand the Holy Spirit reveals our destiny to us. That is his assignment in our lives. All right. Number two, wisdom. Wisdom. The Holy Spirit gives us insight. Strategic insight into God's plan for our lives. First of all, what is wisdom? Wisdom is strategic insight. Wisdom is strategic insight. All right? What do you mean by that? Wisdom is doing the right thing at the right time. Wisdom is doing the right thing at the right time in the right way. Once again, wisdom is doing the right thing at the right time in the right way, with the right presence. Okay, let's come again. Wisdom is in the right thing at the right time. Okay, in the right way, with the right presence. That's wisdom, strategic insight. Look at this very quickly in Ecclesiastes 8 verse 5. Whoso keepeth the commandment shall feel no evil thing. A wise man's heart is both time and judgment, or time and strategy, or time and decision. Because to every purpose, your purpose, my destiny, your destiny, there is time and judgment, therefore the misery of man is great upon him. In other words, it says when we do the right thing at the right time, we will actually minimize our sufferings in life. Because to every purpose, there is time and judgment, therefore the misery of man is great upon him. So wisdom is doing the right thing in the right time, in the right way, with the right persons. That's wisdom. And when you don't function in wisdom, your suffering will be much. In Ecclesiastes 9 verse 11, it says, I return and so honor the son that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither, bread, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happening to them all. Time and chance. But when you lack wisdom, you miss your time and your chance. Your chance is the opportunity. So wisdom is strategic insight. It is doing the right thing at the right time, in the right way, with the right, with the right persons. If you learn to function in wisdom, you will have few regrets. I'm going to say it again. If you learn to function in wisdom, you will have few regrets. The man of wisdom makes little or no mistake. The man with wisdom makes little or no mistakes. You say why? Because sometimes people reason things out. Because when you're functioning by wisdom, you're functioning by the revelation of God, not by human reasoning. Because wisdom is higher than human reasoning. Human reasoning is natural intelligence. Wisdom is divine intelligence. You see that? So we said, number one, wisdom is strategic insight. Number two, wisdom is comprehensive insight. Wisdom is comprehensive insight. What do we mean by comprehensive insight? Comprehensive insight means insight into the past, the present, and the future. Wisdom is comprehensive insight. Insight into the past, the present, and the future. If you look at the life of Joseph, he had wisdom. 
And Pharaoh told him a dream, and he understood the dream. See, that's insight. But he could interpret the dream and told them what the future would be, that famine was coming. See, so wisdom is hindsight, insight, plus foresight. Wisdom is hindsight, insight, plus foresight. In other words, you have an understanding of the past. See, you have an awareness of the present, and you have a plan for the future. Wisdom is at work there. So jo- Joseph could interpret Pharaoh's dream and said the dream, seven cows, seven fat cows means seven prosperous years, seven lean cows means uh, seven years of famine. How did he know that? Insight. And he could tell Pharaoh that this is what we are going to do without storing food for the future. That's insight. Then he speaks of foresight when the famine comes. So wisdom has three prongs, has three legs. Insight, insight, and foresight. You see that? When you have wisdom, you can look at the past and have meaning and interpret it to the present to position for the future. You see that? So we need to know, know that as well. Wisdom is strategic, strategic insight, comprehensive insight. Thirdly, wisdom is administrative competence. Wisdom is administrative competence. It's actually administrative ingenuity. If you have wisdom, you'll be able to organize your life better. See, wisdom makes you organized. One of the evidence of wisdom is the ability to organize. See, and that's why in the Bible, whenever it comes to leadership, in Acts 6 verse 3, the name man of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. Why? Because it takes wisdom to organize people or resources. When Solomon came to, to, to office in First Kings chapter 3, read from verse 3 to verse 16, Solomon asked God for wisdom. He asked God for wisdom. And why? So that he'll be able to manage the people well, lead the people well. So wisdom is administrative competence. Number four, what is wisdom? Wisdom is creative ingenuity. Wisdom is creative ingenuity. In other words, when you have wisdom, you become creative. Let's look at this very quickly in Exodus 31, reading from verse 1 to 3. Exodus 31, 1 to 3. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Huri, the son of all of the tribe of Judah. Verse 3. says, I have filled them in the spirit of God, in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, in all manner of workmanship. Now look at verse 4. It says, To devise cunning works, creative works, to walk in gold, in silver, and in brass. Next, it says, verse 5, it says, In the cutting of stones to set them, and in the cut cavern of timber to walk in all manner of workmanship. Now, this man was not taught by anyone. And he was going to be able to make what Moses saw in the realm of the Spirit. He didn't see it. Moses had an encounter with God, and God showed him the thing, and Moses described it, wrote it on the ground, and the man could look at it and tell the dimensions. That's wisdom. Wisdom is creative ingenuity. One of the signs of wisdom in a man's life is being creative and innovative. Wisdom makes you creative. That means you do something the way that's never been done before. You do it in a new way that's never been done before. You see that? Then wisdom also makes you innovative. You improve. 
what has been done before. You improve what has been done before. So wisdom makes you creative and innovative. So when you have wisdom, there are two things. People will see you do things in a new way, and people will see you do improve on the way things have been done before. Now, if you want to know whether somebody has wisdom, when someone has wisdom, they are self-supervised. You never need to tell them what to do. They do the right thing at the right time. They need a wise man does not need supervision. So we said, number one, wisdom is strategic insight. Two, comprehensive insight. In other words, you have a sense of the present, and you can use the facts you have in the present to, to plan for the future. Or you can look at the past, interpret the past, to, to use that information to make sense in the present to plan for the future. That's wisdom. So a wise man is a planner. A wise man is a planner. So thirdly, we say wisdom is administrative competence. You are able to manage human and material resources effectively. You have wisdom. All right? Number four, it's creative ingenuity. You are able to do things in a whole new way. You see that? To devise all manner of workmanship. The word workmanship here is the word melaka, M-E-L-A-K-A, melaka, M-E-L-A-K-A. Melaka means business, it means occupation, it means employment, it means work, it means manner of work. So whatever you do, you need wisdom. And when wisdom is working in your life, you will do your work in a way that's never been done before, and you'll be able to improve what has been done. So when somebody keeps doing the same thing at the same time, making the same mistakes, they lack wisdom. See, one proof of wisdom is that there's always an improvement in whatever you do. Look at Genesis 41, 38 to 39. Look at this man, Joseph. It says, And Pharaoh said unto the servant, Can we find such a one as this, a man in whom the Spirit of God is? How did he know the Spirit of God was in him? And Pharaoh said unto him, For as much as God has showed thee all this, he will show you things to come. There's none so discreet and as wise as thou art. So Pharaoh says, There's nobody as smart as you are. You got wisdom. You're smart. You could, you could make sense of the vision and give us a plan. Comprehensive insight. Administrative competence. Look at the next verse. Thou shalt be over my house, and according to thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne shall I be greater than thou. Next, it says, And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. So, the reason why Pharaoh entrusted the authority of Joseph, because a man had wisdom. And you cannot have wisdom and stay under. You will always rise to the top. If you have wisdom, you will always rise to the top. And that's the way it works. So you need to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. You pray Ephesians 1.17 for yourself. You want to have wisdom? Ephesians 1.17 for yourself. You pray it again and again. That God will give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him. Look at verse 16 to 17. It says, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. In Ephesians 1.16, it says, cease not to make mention of you in my prayers. He kept on praying for them again and again and again. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. See? So you need to pray this Ephesians 1.17 for yourself again and again. You pray Colossians 1.9 for yourself again and again. Then you need to meditate on the scriptures. You need to meditate on the scriptures. You see that? In Psalm 119, verse 97, the Bible says, 
Oh, wow, I love your law. It's my meditation all the day.